98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo starts now. now. Straight up to the claw on this Thursday afternoon. Good afternoon and welcome into today's edition of the Burns and Gambo Show. Here on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station, we are live from the Oxygen Community Studios. My name is Dave Burns alongside the one, the only, John Gambadero. Hi, Gambo. Burnsy, what's going on? Uh, last day before vacation. Last day before vacation. Yeah. For me, a little, yeah. little time off coming up. Yeah. Didn't really... It's good. Tomorrow didn't... and all the next week. Yeah, didn't really take much of a summer vacation. I mm. got day like here, you like August. Days. I thought, like taking like some August. time off in yeah. August. It's going like, to be 100 plus every day the next sure, week. Yeah, it's good. summer here. It's still really hot right. and, and things aren't quite as crowded because, you know, the kids are back in school and my wife and I have kids that are grown and gone so we can just go do whatever we want. So, yeah, we're yeah. Uh, we're driving to, we're doing a um, Pacific Coast Highway. We're starting in like the Bay Area and we're driving down to Santa Barbara. How great is that? With all stops in between. We're going to do like, the, you know, those yurts, those tents. The yurts. We're going to do that at Big Sur. Nice. Yeah, we're going to stay in some like right there on the coast yeah. and uh, going to go to Monterey and, and Paso Robles and Santa Barbara. So it should be a lot. I've never gonna, done that. Before. Yeah, we had our little team talk session today where we're, like, we get together with a bunch of people from like other areas in, 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 the, in Bottomville International. They were saying, summer's over. You're not here. <laughs> yeah, birds, you're like, yeah, not here. <laughs> summer's not over here. <laughs> the woman who runs our team talk. Summer's like, well, over. Summer's just about over. I'm like, what the uh, hell are you talking about, lady? I, uh, I live in Arizona. Ain't then, nothing over. Then <laughs> she does this top 10 thing on stuff we got to learn. I'm like, I got a problem with number seven. What's number seven? Like, there's always somebody to blame. No, there's not. No, there really is. There's really always somebody to blame. She was very diplomatic in trying to argue with you about how yes, there's not was. always someone to blame. And, and you're like, no, actually, there, there is. There's actually always, is always somebody, to blame. somebody to blame. I'm like, this is fun. This is like, mm. you know, it's like the, it's like the pre-show party here, yeah. this little team talk that we're having today. Because this is what it's going to be like for the next four hours. Right. <laughs> Who's Gambo going to blame today? <laughs> there's always somebody to blame. T- tune in at straight up two to, o'clock to find yeah. out who is Gambo going to blame today. Trying to teach me that sometimes it's nobody's fault. I'm trying to like to learn. Sometimes it's... Uh, give, her, give her credit. She's trying to be yeah. your therapist, I think, to a certain extent. <laughs> you know, I, I can see her trying to trying to, to work through your issues a little bit. You could <sighs> you could probably use a little therapy for being honest about it. Probably wouldn't kill you. Really? <laughs> sure. Wow. That's what the show is for. Come that's, on, Bernie. You know what? Seriously, that's... Yeah. Gambo doesn't need therapists. Why? Because I'm his damn therapist. Oh, that's, that's right. Why. Every day. Weigh in on our top story of the day on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. Weigh-in in today with a great streak out of the Diamondbacks. Wind to me, 3-2 again. Swung on and popped up right to the second baseman again. Rojas is there. He'll make the catch. And that is six more shutout innings on the night for Zach Gallen. 27 in a third shutout now in a row. Too bad they didn't win the game because I know, I know. But what a play at the plate to keep that streak alive! Yeah, know, what a right? great play at the plate. That was outstanding. Yeah, this is uh, you know this is this has been a lot of fun. I mean, the D backs are what ten games under five hundred, twenty nine games out of first place, but uh, they've got one of the best pitchers in baseball throwing right now. I mean, he has been absolutely unhittable. And you know, Zach Gallen is not that that household name that 
everybody knows who he is, right? He doesn't have a whole lot of wins in his Major League Baseball career, but he is as good as anybody right now, and he is throwing BBs out there, shutout inning after shutout inning after shutout inning, and, you know, we can talk all we want about the young kids, Alec Thomas and how good he is, and McCarthy and Varsho and Corbin Carroll's coming up, and hey, didn't Lawler just get promoted to double A? double A, got his first double A hit last night, as a matter of fact. I go, okay, I get it, I get it, but you know what? The key to this whole thing is going to be Zach Allen. The key to this whole thing is going to be having that number one ace pitcher, and Zach Allen looks like that guy right now. I, it's it's hard to argue against that, that he is that he is an ace. The, the story's been told a few times, and we've mentioned it a couple times here on Burns and Gamble, that when Brent Strom, the pitching coach, was hired by the Diamondbacks away from the Houston Astros, and obviously he's an older gentleman, he's been around the game for a long, long time, he told the story that one of his buddies in the industry said, if you if you can't coax a Cy Young type season out of Zach Gallon, you're not doing your job. Like like the kids just got everything imaginable you would want out of a Cy Young pitcher. Now I'm not saying Zach Gallon's going to win a Cy Young award this year because he's not. But Brent Strom, I, and, and you're 100 percent right. For all the focus on the young kids, and when Corbin Carroll makes his major league debut, probably sometime in the next week and a half or so, it's all great, it's all exciting. But do not kid yourself. The most important thing that happened this year for the Arizona Diamondbacks was that Zach Gallon rediscovered his stuff. Yeah, and that Zach Gallon found that version of him again. It is the most important thing that happened. His scoreless inning streak is now 27 and a third. There are only four pitchers in the history of Diamondbacks baseball who have had one, actually three pitchers, four streaks longer than that for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Robbie Ray, who did 27 and two-thirds back in 2017. Brandon Webb the first time two back times in 2006. It, yeah. Andy Bennis, the inaugural Andy season. Bennis? I, I, could, I had forgotten all about it. I had forgotten was all he, about it. Oh, wow. No, he, I mean, they were terrible. He got good towards the end. He had a 31 and a third scoreless inning streak from September of 98, bleeding over into the first month of the next wow. season in okay. 1999. All right. And then, of course, the number one, Brandon Webb again in 2007. No Randy Johnson, no Kurt Schilling on that list. Isn't no, that crazy? I know, it is a little Anytime nuts. you see a list of like, hey, Diamondback accomplishments by starting pitchers, and those two guys aren't on it, like, what's going on? Yeah. Yeah, Brandon Webb, Robbie Ray. <laughs> You would expect Zach one Gallen? of those guys to be on a list like that, but Webb's there. Uh, as far as Zach Gallon goes, since the All-Star break, uh, nobody in Major League Baseball has more wins than he does. Nobody in Major League Baseball has a better ERA. Only two guys have given up fewer hits. Uh, nobody has given up fewer earned runs. Nobody has given up fewer home uh, earned runs, home runs. He's been magnificent. He's been great. And now, once again, we, we kind of wonder, will the Diamondbacks take care of him financially? Because as we were sure. kind of joking around yesterday, the guy makes about thirty dollars per <laughs> inning pitching for the D backs, right? He's, they, I think it's per game. Yeah, thirty they're, per they're, game. They're guys, they're, they're guys and gals yeah, okay. flipping burgers at In and Out who are making more money than Zach Gallon at uh, this point. It, it's it's incredible. They got him under. He's making like I don't know what six hundred thousand dollars or something like, like that. that. It's nothing it's to not, sneeze at, but no, I mean it's just it's it's here he is. He's at this is baseball for you. You're an established guy for five years. And you're not making any money, um, and he's I, I think you buy out the last couple of years of arbitration for him. He's on a one-year $745,000 deal. 
That's what he's on. But he's arbitration eligible this after this season, after next season, and after the season after that. That takes him to age 30. So this is baseball for you. You know, yeah. hey, you'll get to be a free agent when you're 30. Um, so I don't know. Maybe you reward the guy for how well he's been. I mean, and I think you do want to show that you're taking care of players. And I've talked about the Diamondbacks' willingness to up the payroll from about $100 million to about 130 that they're willing to do that and go a little bit higher or quite a bit higher to, to uh, you know, to field a winning team. So I think that's the good thing. The negative out of yesterday, boy, how many losses now is that for that bullpen? 31. Woo! Leads baseball. Wow. No team in baseball has more losses out of their bullpen, out of their relievers wow. in the Arizona. They had the lead too. last night. They blew it. I yeah. mean, and, and, and again, hit that three-run homer. To be fair, and we've, done, we've, we've had this conversation before. Score more runs. To be fair, score more runs than a Dalton Varsho home mm-hmm. run. Give yourself a little more margin for error, right? I mean, it's... it's this is what they do. I, I know it, the running joke is that there's always someone to blame. And if you're going to blame somebody for last night's game, yeah, blame the bullpen. But if you want to share that blame a little bit, blame an offense that... I mean, come on. Give Zach Gallon more than one run to work with. Give that bullpen a little bit more margin for error, right? I mean, I was watching that game just like you were. You go into the seventh inning with a one nothing lead, you're holding your breath. I mean, all it takes is a, a bloop and a blast, and it's done. It's over, right? You've lost the game. So blame can equally be spread about when it comes to last night's loss. Yeah, I get it. I get it. But you, you get that lead late in the game, you want to be able to close the door, and they just weren't able to do it. Man supply, Noe Ramirez, they just weren't able to get it done. So you lose that game to Kansas City. You waste a really great outing by Zach Allen. And then we keep our eye on out. We keep our eye on it, seeing if he can keep that streak going. Yeah, we keep an eye on that. And we keep an eye on this offseason. And I, I think you're right. Going back to the contract, it's it's equally as important to take care of Zach Allen as it is to send a message to other players in Major League Baseball that we take care we of take ours take care of players, yeah. Because you, know? you could ride that out for three years and Absolutely. just pay him the arbitration numbers. And it'll be much higher numbers you know, based on how well he's performed. But it might be good to buy out some of those years in the first couple of years of him being a free agent, lock him up for a... I mean, I wouldn't mind having Zach Gallon on the contract until he's 32 years old right now if I was them. I wouldn't mind it either, and I'm sure he's not going to say no to his first big money contract because it would be more money than he could possibly dream of. Congrats to Alan Brunston from Phoenix. Alan is our second winner for the brand new Phoenix Suns Nike Classic Edition jersey that the Suns will be wearing this year, celebrating the 30th anniversary of the 92 90 team, you know, the one with the sunburst and the, the purple sunburst and the logo like they played in the Barkley era. You'll have one more day for your chance to win a jersey. So here's what you need to do, because we want to give you one. Text the word jersey to 620-620 for your chance to win. Again, text jersey to 620-620. This partnership between Kyler and Hollywood Brown obviously goes back to their days at Oklahoma. It could hint, though, at how the Cardinals have handled building this roster. And we'll explain next on Burns and Gam- 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. John Gambadero, Dave Burns here on this Thursday afternoon. Hollywood Brown, obviously the key acquisition by the Cardinals this offseason. Really, there were others, of course, Will Hernandez, Nick Vigil. But if you're going for splashy, hey, what did the Cardinals do this yeah, offseason? That's the one. Well, I mean, they traded a first-round pick. Yeah, that's the one. I mean, that was that was the guy. And, and, it's, and as we talked about going into the offseason, it's like five straight years of the Cardinals doing something bold yeah. in the offseason. Mm-hmm. That's bold, right? That, that was their bold. They like the bold. 
bold sure. moves, and they went bold. The question now, and we're still two weeks away from really knowing, is how it's going to pay off. Obviously, the preseason being what it is for Cliff Kingsbury, we haven't seen a lot of those two guys practice here or practice there. We'll find out on September 11th just how good the Kyler Murray-Hollywood Brown pairing is going to be, but based off of their history with each other and based off of how other teams have kind of paired quarterbacks and wide receivers who have previous relationships with each other dating back to college, it's pretty clear the Cardinals are hoping that that baked-in chemistry between Kyler Murray and Hollywood Brown really translates to the football field, whether it's, you know, what's going on in Miami, what's going on in Cincinnati with Burrow and Jamar Chase. Yeah, it seems like there's a lot of places that are reuniting their, you know, the quarterback and the wide receiver combos. I mean, Doug Howell did a great article on The Athletic about that today, you know, and it said in 2018, Kyler Murray, Marquise Hollywood Brown were college football's most explosive combo. Murray won the Heisman, Brown was an All-American. But then he talks about Joe Burrows, you know, now he's with Jamar Chase. And in Miami, you got two and, and Jalen Waddle. And in Vegas with the Raiders, you got, you got Derek Carr and Devontae Adams. So you're seeing it where, you know, you've seen some reuniting of, of guys that played together in college and, and had something special. And if you just look at it, they, they had a, did a thing, FBS 40 yard catch leaders in 2018. Marquise Brown, nobody, nobody had more 40 yard catches than Marquise Brown in 2018. 40 yards or more. Somebody tied him. <laughs> And that was Andy Isabella Andy from is, UMass. Andy UMass. Isabella. This might be, yeah. honestly, and, and you're right, Doug did a great job with this article. This might be the most interesting part of the whole thing here. You mentioned it. FBS, 40-yard catch leaders in 2018. Um, so who had catches? How many catches of 40 yards or more in the 2018 college football season? The Cardinals right now currently have four of the top nine. One, two, three, four, th- nine. Four of the top nine. It could have been five of the top nine. If they had hold on to Hakeem if Butler. Hakeem Butler were still on the <laughs> roster. Marquise Brown had 11. Yeah. Andy Isabella had 11. Antoine Wesley had eight. Rondale Moore had seven. Wow. Four of the... T- and so that's explosive right there. You look at that, and that's... I mean, that can't be accidental, right? That can't be... That they're looking for big play guys? That they'll look... I mean, Murray's... See, the thing about Murray that's different than a lot of quarterbacks that have been here is the accuracy on the deep ball. Mm-hmm. The accuracy on the deep ball. It's not... He could throw the deep ball as good as anybody, but the accuracy on it is second to none. He really could put it on a dime. He's got tremendous accuracy throwing the deep ball. So you... You want to take advantage of that. I always talked about with Hollywood Brown. I think there's a huge benefit to coming to play him here, playing on the turf, um, you know, playing on the uh, in warm weather indoors. in the dome, indoors, warm yep. weather. That's our indoors, warm weather, and not playing in the cold weather in Baltimore, Cincinnati, and Cleveland and those places. I think playing indoors where you don't have the elements of the wind, you know, rain, snow, and playing in warm weather, and even they, you know, most of their games when they, you know, when they they leave Arizona, still going to be in good climates. That, that might be a real good benefit for him and Kyler to have to get that connection back. Well, and also just a quarterback who's more adept at throwing the deep ball. I mean, nothing against Lamar Jackson. He's a great quarterback. He's not a, accurate on he, deep ball. He's accomplished far more than Kyler Murray has. He's not accurate on deep ball. No. I mean, he, it's, it's just not his thing, right? There's such it's, a huge difference. We did it. You know, Kyler's accurate on about two-thirds of his deep balls. Lamar Jackson, only a third. Mm-hmm. And I remember us talking about this not too long ago, but 
But Kyler Murray, about two-thirds of those deep balls were really accurate passes where Lamar's, well, they were 33% of them. So two-thirds are not accurate. So there is a big difference when that ball is up in the air on these long passes between Kyler and Lamar. Yeah, and it does speak to how Hollywood Brown, I, I, and I think you're right, I think he's going to be able to pop the top off these defenses a little bit better than the Cardinals have been able to do it as of late. I think he's a more down-the-field threat. I really want to see Rondale Moore used as more of a downfield threat. His you know average yards to target, it, it's it's it, one of the lowest in the NFL. I mean, he's very not running very deep routes at all. He's really not running any routes at all. Most of the passes to Rondale Moore were quick little outs along the line of scrimmage. I, I hope this year they, open that they up. plan on using mm-hmm. Rondale Moore down the field because it's obvious from 740 or more yard catches in 2018, Rondale Moore can do a whole lot we, more in this offense than what's being asked. How much should we talk about his ability to be an outside guy? You know, not just a slot guy. Like, oh, you just look at him. I think everybody always looks at a smaller wide receiver and so, oh, he's a slot guy. Why? Because he's 5'10". He's 5'9". He's 5'10". Well, he can't play on the outside? I mean, if he's got that speed to get separation, what the hell's the difference between being 6'1"? Now, that, that size matters if you're Larry Fitzgerald and you don't get separation and you have to go up and catch the ball and use your hands and your size and your leverage. Yeah. If you don't, but if you get separation, it doesn't matter that much, okay? It just really matters if you're a guy that's not a speed guy and you need to, you need that size to be able to bring the ball down. There was, as part of the story, uh, Doug Haller recounted a press conference from West Virginia coach Dana Holgerson. He walked into the postgame media room after they lost to Oklahoma. He was in a bad mood. Holgerson said that he would take a few sensible questions. Somebody asked him about Oklahoma's passing game, which had just torched West Virginia for 364 yards. Holgerson shook his head, trying to find the right words. Quote, yeah, I've never, I mean... I don't. And then he paused and he said, one in five are the quickest kids I've ever seen. Ever. They're special players. Well, one was Kyler. Five was Marky, was Hollywood Brown, right? And, and that's, that to me is the thing that's almost impossible to quantify. We can sit here and talk about speed. We can talk about college numbers. We can talk about other teams that have reunited, you know, uh, college quarterback and college wide receiver. Hollywood Brown and Kyler Murray clearly have a thing, right? I mean, a connection from their college days, which is why I don't worry at all that Kyler hasn't practiced with them much, hasn't thrown to a much. This offseason. Yeah, they know. This pre- they know. It's like riding a bike. They know. Do you remember the grades? Do you remember when the grades came out and the grades weren't that good for the Cardinals? Remember the trade grades? Yeah. They I were not that. that good. They were not that great. Yeah. But like, and, and I always hate those things because let's see. I mean, what if they're able to reignite that magic that they had in college? What if it's just, you know, and again, we talked about how the Raiders are doing it and how Miami's doing it and how these other teams are, are doing this. Uh, Cincinnati with the college, with the connection of the top wide receiver and the top quarterback together again. What if they are able? to kind of reignite what they had in Oklahoma. Well, and in fairness to the grades, um, not that grades are every fair, ever fair, but in fairness to the grades, I will say this, I think a lot of the reason why the move was at least somewhat criticized at the time was because you were basically trading four or five years of control for a player of two. For two. And, and, and if you want more than two years of control for Hollywood Brown, it's going to cost you a penny. And you got to be, and, and that's, the, if I remember, that was the one big knock. Like, you hit on a first round pick, you've got control over that guy for five years and it's reasonable cost control. You trade cost control like that for a wide receiver that you're just going to have to pay in two years value wise for some not all, for some, it doesn't add up no. as long as you get the first round pick. No, right? but there's a 
risk of not getting the first round pick. Well, right. Of course. Well, with Hollywood Brown, Especially you know, with the Cardinals, there's a yeah, risk of that. You've got a player that's cost two, caught almost 200 passes in three years, over 2,300 yards and 21 touchdowns. You know that he's a good football player. Now, he had some drops. Yeah. He did have some drops. Yes, he did. But you know that he's a good football player. With the first round pick, you might get a great player. You might not. You just don't know. You can text us your thoughts, as always, on the FanDuel text line. Text us at 620-620. Right now, we'll get a chance. We'll read the best ones on the air. Now, when we come back, Kevin Durant is out of the picture. There are options out there for the Suns. The question is, which one do they like the best, and are they going to use any of them? We'll talk about it next on Burns and Gambo. The Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. Eric is here with today's Twitter poll question of the day. I think we're doing it a little differently today, right? Changing things up. Little nod to social studies with uh, Sarah Cazell on the morning show, and sometimes they do this kind of open-ended stuff. I would have loved social studies if I would have actually paid attention in school. I love like history and war movies, and I really do like history. Just the war movies, though, probably if they just showed just that in history. Class. I like the history, You've like the been Roman kind of a history guy. I, I, I like, yeah, I like history. Is it, I wish it? I would have paid attention in school. Like I would have actually liked social studies. There are actually some college courses that I took that I wish I'd paid way more attention in. I really, I just like I name one, up. name one. Uh, there was an English lit class. I wish I'd paid more attention to the stuff we read. Uh, that's one. There yeah. was uh, an astronomy class that I took at U of A. Oh. I wish I'd paid more attention to that. I've always been fascinated by. Uh, the Stars? Planets and stars and and solar systems and galaxies and all that. Crap. I always freak out when I see a shooting star. Look, look, look! <laughs> By that time, everybody looks up, it's gone. <laughs> I wish you I know? paid more attention at that point. Yeah. Uh, we are paying attention, though, to Eric. He's got our Twitter poll question of the day. What do you got for us? Let's talk hate, boys. Let's talk hate well, on I like this hate. Thursday. I, 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 One of Gambo's favorite yeah. topics. Nothing wrong with hate. Nothing wrong with violence. Nothing wrong with hate. So, no. excluding newest Laker, Patrick Beverly, who knows a thing or two about violence. As a Suns fan, who do you currently hate the most in the league? Do you guys have any guesses as to what the people are saying? Luca. Luca. If if we're excluding Pat Bev, I would bet for a Suns fan, the most hated player in the NBA right now is that whining, flopping. <laughs> I'm I get every call. I deserve every call. I cry like a baby when I don't get every call. And don't get me wrong, Devin Booker does the same thing. So Luca over Pat Bev. Well, I'm saying if we're if excluding two-handed him. shove a Chris Paul. No, 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 we're excluding, oh, excluding Pat Bev. Okay. Excluding because it Pat obviously Bev. would be Pat Bev. Yeah, if Pat Bev would win by a mile, I, I would go Luca. I can't think of anybody else. There's an obvious answer that both of you guys are going to be like, yep, that's well, it. Let me think as soon as I, I mean, say it. I'm, I'm going through the teams. Markeith? Marcus? The Morris, Mar- the Morris brothers? Yeah, it, it's, it's the Morai. The two leaders in all of the comments, the people hate Luka Doncic, Doncic, and they hate the Morris brothers as a collective. Not just one, but both. I talked to somebody the other day. He was like, Markeith wants to come back to Phoenix. I'm like, yeah, no thanks. You put that in your email. Did we never talk about that no. on the show? No. We never discussed that. He'd be interested in coming back. Oh, no. No, no. Glad he's interested. <laughs> like, listen, if I have any pull at all, I'm going to make sure that doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't realize you had that kind of pull. <laughs> 
I did. I didn't realize you could in the book. I, I thought, in the book, I, I when the book comes re- out, uh, really? Okay. When I the thought, book comes out, I will. I will mention some of the uh, uh, transactions that I I was a part of over the years. Okay, because I I, wow. I just assumed you were reporting the book, on. I didn't realize you were no. influencing on. I was. I was. Yeah. I've been involved in influencing over the years. I have been. I'm gonna put. It's, it's gonna be in the book. Whatever the book title is. What well, as what did Espo say? Whatever the book title is. Just, all you have to do is ask Greg Esposito Espo. of PHNX Sports, and yeah. he's, he's keeping a running list of games. Whatever the book, book title is, I'm gonna yeah, and that will be in the, the uh, that will be in the book. <laughs> I can't wait to read it. Were there any other names that were mentioned, or were those Dwight the main ones? Howard? Who I don't care. I had a, I had Dwight, Dwight Howard. Howard. Dwight Howard's Who? harmless. Exactly. Yeah. Who? It, it was basically all Luca, basically all Morris brothers. Wow. Okay, that's the uh, poll question today. It's open ended, so if there's somebody else that we missed, by all means, please shoot us a shoot us a reply on that Twitter poll question. Excuse me, and you can find it on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page at Burns and Gambo is where it's at. All right, so Kevin Durant is obviously out, but that doesn't mean that there aren't still suggestions out there for what the Suns should do. And some of these names, okay, so this I idea, love one of them. I, I do too, and I, I think love it's, one of them. it's the same one. There was a story on AZ mm-hmm. Central today in which they kind of put together all these different websites and all these different suggestions, and there was Julius Randle. Jordan Clarkson, John Collins, there was a Wendell Carter Jr., a Monte Morris or a Josh Hart. The one I think, safe to say, you and I both like, and it's a team that's obviously shown a willingness to trade because they just pulled one off 24 hours ago. Boyan Bogdanovich. I love the name. From the Utah yeah. Jazz. He's an elite level scorer at three levels, right? He could score inside. He could score outside. He shoots the threes. He's got great size. He's a, you want another scorer? There's another scorer. He's a good three-point shooter. He's got a good mid-range game. and he could. I mean, I love him. I actually think he'd be great for the Phoenix Suns. Great. Now, if they had gotten, you know, Kevin Durant, then this guy wouldn't have fit because you, you don't need another scorer. You would have needed the... See, if they got Durant, what they would have been looking for was... Because everybody said, tried to say, okay, with three-way trades, maybe they can get this guy. They, they wouldn't have wanted a scorer. They would have wanted defenders and rebounders if they had gotten Durant. But without Durant, there is a need for a scorer. He fits the mold as a scorer. I can look at all of these players that are on this list that you're mentioning. And I like Harrison Barnes too, and I know there was a conversation before the draft that Sacramento had with the Suns on Harrison Barnes, because I spoke with Sacramento, mm-hmm. and uh, and they flat out told me, yeah, there was a conversation about Harrison Barnes, and we weren't able to make a deal, but yeah, the Suns were interested in Harrison Barnes. I like Harrison Barnes, but something about Bogdanovich to me gives you, again, elite level scoring on all three. On all three. I mean, he could score from all three levels. I, I love that name. I think it'd be a perfect fit. What would the Jazz want back, you know they they're going to want back draft picks, picks. and young players. Picks. And, and that's that's the question. First of all, I want to make this clear to anybody listening right now. AZ Central. I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth. AZ Central is not reporting that these deals are going to happen or could happen. No, it's merely a collection of people online saying, "Hey, maybe this this suggestion and that. Maybe they yeah. should look at this. Maybe they should look at that." I've really the, come to like this Jeremy Clough's um, like this column that he does, where he kind of gives you. What SB Nation and Bright Side of the Sun and and all these play fan sided and what all these. 
people are saying about a certain topic. Like right. he'll take one topic and it'll say what like five to ten different outlets are saying about it. I've kind of I really enjoyed it. Yeah, so Jeremy, I, good job. I just want to make you just be clear. No one's reporting this will happen or this could happen. These are merely suggestions of what the Suns could potentially do now that Kevin Durant isn't going to happen. And, and there are no sources, nothing like that. It's just people who know the NBA saying these guys would be a good fit. Yeah. The question you have to ask yourself is, okay, and we talked about this. We've talked about this a lot the last couple of days. You didn't make the Durant deal. All of your future firsts are are available now. Yes. You've got to decide when to spend that capital because you know James Jones probably is not going to use a lot of that capital. He doesn't really care about first-round picks. One year, he will. A couple of years, I'm sure he will. But he's made it very clear. Those first-round picks exist for him to get players, current players, help us now kind of players. It's very much their philosophy. When do you want to spend that capital? Now? Do you want to save it for later? How much longer do you want to save it? That, to me, if we're talking about the Suns, I think that is the big picture question about the Phoenix Suns. You've got draft capital to spend to help yourself now. When do you want to use it? This year? Next? Two years down the road? Do you want to save it? For when Chris Paul is done and you need a point guard? Or do you want to spend it now because this might be your best shot to win a championship while Chris Paul is still legit? That, to me, might be you gave the biggest question facing the organization. If now. you gave up next year's first-round draft pick and an expiring contract to get uh, a Bogdanovich, say you were able to do that, um, and I think it would be more than that. But I think you know, I think say it would too. You, you you would still by the time Paul retires, you would you'd be back to being able to have your all your draft picks available that you can trade. So you'd be back to having the the four first round draft picks that you could trade. So I think that you could. I mean, if you trade three of them, then you know, then you can't right. If you trade three of your first round draft picks, then you know, I I think that. I think that they kind of want to take a look at who they are and what they are when the season starts before they go out and do something. I think that's more likely going to happen, but I don't know. I don't know. But I think it's more likely that they start the season, run it back with what they have, Try to take a look. What do we have? How good do they look? And then by the buyout market and trade deadline, then do something rather than right now. For what it's worth, uh, Bogdanovich, since we're talking, seems specifically about him. He's got one year left on his deal. He makes $19.5 million. So salaries to match and things like that and draft picks. I, I, I tell you, I don't know if Bogdanovich means title for the Suns. Boy, I think he helps. Well, he I think gives you that other scorer. Really, I think he score. really helps. Yeah, I mean, well, you've said it all along. You want a scorer. Like, yeah. you do want a guard, but you want a scorer. He's a scorer. He's a scorer. He's, He's a guy a who can fill it and has always but, been able to fill it. It's just a question of whether you want to spend your capital now or if you're saving but, it for another rainy day but down if, the road. If you save your capital now, you go out and you do this deal and you get Bogdanovich, okay, then if you find out, like, in three months that the campaign thing's not working out and you need a point guard, can you still go do that? Yeah. You know, and again, like, at what level is it to, like... A, like, I know I've reported that the Suns are willing to do whatever it takes on the luxury tax. Go 50, 60, 70, 80 million dollars. You go get a player at 19 and you give up something less than that. You know, that's just going to continue to add to that luxury tax bill. But as we've talked about, two different windows. There's your long-term window and your short-term window. And right now, the that's, short-term window. A short-term window of Bogdanovich. Yeah, that, that's, oh, that's very much short-term window move because you're taking advantage of the Chris Paul era when you do it. When we come back, as if we haven't already had enough of the LA Lakers, even though they haven't been very good the last couple of years, they just acquired one of our biggest enemies here. Here in Phoenix, that'll make things fun. Next on the Burns and Gambo Show.
98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station. Burns and Gambo. Bickley and Barada this morning. One of their uh, poll questions, one of their social study questions on social media. And, and we did something similar, um, but I wanted to give them credit where credit's due because they do such a you know great job in the morning. Valley sports fans, what could be the worst possible, most hateable combo of an athlete and a team other than Pat Bev going to the L.A. Lakers? Oh, that's great. You hate the team. You hate the player. Could you imagine a more hateable oh, combo wow. than Pat Bev going to the L.A. Lakers? And mm, mm, I can't. Current or, or past? Current. Any sport, though. It can be any sport. Any sport. Any sport. So, like, who do I hate in baseball? Like, I'm trying to think, who do I hate in baseball? They're all on the Dodgers. Going to the Dodgers. Well, that's what I mean. It's like, okay. Everybody's you know, on the Dodgers. Like, Freddie Freeman, I don't hate him, so I didn't hate it when he went to the Dodgers. He's a good player. I enjoy Freddie Freeman. I didn't hate that. Who do I not like in baseball? Who do I not like in football? That if they went to the Dallas Cowboys, I'd be like, oh, that would that tops Pat Bev to the Lakers. If fill in the blank, I mean, for you, it might be Brady. You kind of hate Brady, don't you? Yes. Okay, so yeah. Tom Brady goes to the Dallas Cowboys. Oh, my God, that's just mm. hateable player. But I don't hate Brady the way you do. Who do I hate in the NFL? Who do? Basketball, it's, it's just a lot easier to hate guys in basketball. It's, it's, it's five it's on true. five. The in, it's five players on five players. It's not 11 on 11, offense, defense, special teams. Yeah. It's just different. It's not line shifts, first, second, third, fourth line. It's your off, it's, it's, it's just five guys are on the court. And, and your, your five main guys play the majority of the game, you know? So it's a lot easier to, to have those heated, hated rivalries in basketball. It is a lot easier. The Jazz last night, it was, it was funny. Pat Bev tweeted out this morning. Woke up a Laker. It's on. And in the middle of the night, the Lakers traded Pat Bev, or the Lakers traded, I should say, Taylor Horton Tucker and Stanley Johnson. Great trade for the Jazz. Jazz. It's a really good trade. Horton Tucker's good, and he's young. Mm -hmm. That's a good trade for them. That's a a very good trade. And Pat Bev, he was never going to stay there. He was never going to be in Utah. They always kind of figured they were going to move him along. They never wanted him, no. Um, So Pat Bev is now on the Lakers. Now, in addition to hating the Lakers, in addition to hating Pat Bev, Let's kind of have the conversation. Okay, how much better does he make the Lakers, and and how much more of a threat did the Lakers just become in the Western Conference to the Suns and teams like the Phoenix Suns? I mean, Pep Ev's not I don't that great of a player, but he's yeah. a good player. Yeah, you said it the other day. Like it all depends on the health of Anthony Davis. If Anthony Davis is healthy and dominant, um, LeBron is still a dominant player. We can't we can't write them off as much as we want to. We can't write them off. Pat gives them a veteran defensive presence. Um, you know, there, it's going to be interesting because there's a story in the in the LA Times about, you know, you know, Russell Westbrook and it was a lot of video about Russell Westbrook. Pat Bev don't play any defense. He just runs around, makes people think he plays defense. Like, <laughs> I don't know if you just heard that video. I saw it. Did you see that video yeah, of Russell Westbrook? Like, well, he doesn't play any defense. Pat Bev trick, y'all, man. He, like, right. he play in defense. He don't guard nobody, man. He just running around doing nothing. He said that a couple of years ago. The, it, that was the immediate reaction around the NBA, man. Pat Bev and Russell Westbrook have beef. Right. They 
do not like each other at all, which makes me think Russell Westbrook is gone, gone, gone. Now, where he's gone to, I don't know. I don't know who takes on that contract, that expiring contract off of their hands and, and what the Lakers are able to get back in exchange for that. I, I don't know. I mean, we had talked a couple days ago about the Jazz maybe willing to take on a Westbrook contract, depending on the, they the would trade. Be, yeah. yeah, but obviously They'd that's be willing not to take on now. one bad contract if it gets them what they want, you know, which is young assets and draft picks. They would take on the one, which is why, I, you know, when I mentioned the Lakers have interest in Donovan Mitchell, and that surprised a lot of people and became a national, it became a, a national thing um, that the Lakers have interest in, in him. Now, I don't know if they could get him. The Knicks, as I've said all in, the Knicks still have the best package available, but there are about, a fi- about five teams that are interested in Donovan Mitchell, and they eliminated the teams. A lot of people think Miami wants Donovan. Now, Donovan Mitchell may want Miami, but Miami doesn't want Donovan Mitchell. So um, now that caused a lot of stir with all the Miami fans yesterday when I, when I reported that. Uh, but Miami's not interested in Donovan Mitchell. So I still think that the Jazz would like to trade Donovan Mitchell, and they're not asking for the package that it's being reported. We want seven first-round draft picks. They're not asking for seven first-round draft picks. But I think that they the Lakers would love to get rid of Russell Westbrook. It didn't work. We know it didn't work. Start over. Uh, get you know move on from him. Get something else and go. You know, but but with LeBron and KD, you know, listen, they don't have the depth. Like I don't think that they, I don't think that they can win it. But I think they can put a scare into somebody, sure, because those two guys on any given day can can win games by themselves. Wow. It's if Anthony Davis is healthy. If he is, they can absolutely put a scare into teams. They could absolutely win a best of seven series in the first round of the Western Conference. They can. And LeBron, for all the for all the crap that that we gave Los Angeles for getting blown out by the Suns last year and for choosing to not talk about the Lakers for the better part of two months because they were so overexposed. It's got to be said, LeBron James had a phenomenal season last year. He put that team on his back and he carried them as far as he possibly could until his body broke down. He he just, he had no help. Anthony Davis didn't play. Russell Westbrook was a total bust. He had, statistically he put up one of his best scoring years of his career, if not the best scoring year of his. He was phenomenal last year. Basketball. The problem is you just traded a young kid, what, 22 years old for a 34-year-old. Oh, yeah. Oh. And it continues to be a problem with the Lakers is the age. Russell Westbrook's 33 or 34, and LeBron's age, and now Pat Bev's 34, and it's just... Well, it's because we talk about windows. I mean, with the Lakers, there is no other window other than LeBron's. That's it. I mean, the Suns, you could argue, they've got a Chris Paul window, and then they've got a Devin Booker window. They've got two totally different kind of versions of themselves, whichever one they want to be. The Lakers, they don't have two different versions. The, the, the LeBron window is the only one that matters. And I know Anthony Davis is younger, but his health being what it is, man, it's 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 the LeBron window. you got to do everything you can to win one more before his body breaks down. I mean, if you get rid of Russell Westbrook, your backcourt is Pat Bev, Kendrick Nunn, Lonnie Walker, and Austin Reed. Yeah. Like, yeah. like I, again, I don't want to say, like, they can scare somebody. They can win some games. I don't think that, I don't think the Laker team constructed the way it is can win a championship. But I think that you still can't write off, if Anthony Davis is healthy, what him and LeBron are capable of doing. LeBron James last year averaged 30 points per game. He only played 56. He averaged 30 points per game, which was the second highest points per game average of his career. Second only to just his third year in 
the league when he averaged 31.4. He shot 52% from the floor. He shot 36% from three on high volume. He averaged eight rebounds, six assists. He was really good last year. He was really, really good. And I do think Pat Bev makes them better. I really do. Watch well, Horton Tucker turn into a good player. He, he's got a terrible spot with, the, with all those guys in L.A. He goes to the Jazz and gets an opportunity. Watch him turn into a good player. Very talented. He could. Real quick, the other news out of the NBA. Chet Holmgren uh, out for the year with a foot injury at an NBA-sanctioned Pro-Am event in which he was actually guarding LeBron James. Kind of lost his footing, and now he's going to be out for the season. I was reading an interesting story. I think you sent it about just the amount of star players that missed their first season or two. You know, going back to Joel Embiid and you know many others. Ben uh, Simmons, ben Blake Simmons. Griffin, oh, yeah. Nerlens Noel, Michael Porter Jr. Yeah. I mean, like a whole bunch a lot of guys, guys who, missed their first year. And, and for most, for some, it didn't really affect their career. But some, you could argue, it did affect their career and it kind of set the tone. There are a lot of people who are worried that Chet Holmgren's foot issue is going to be an issue for his entire career. Yeah, that's going to suck for Oklahoma City. Yeah, big time. you got to pick like that. And if that doesn't work out, that's that's bad. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, Cody Ford, the acquisition made by the Cardinals a couple of days ago. We know it's important. The question we don't know the answer to, how important and how how soon will he be important? We'll try to answer all of that next on the Burns and Gambo Show.